The Lifestylist, episode 71, featuring Aaron Alexander. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. You are listening to part two of two with our guest, Aaron Alexander. If you missed part one, don't forget to go back and listen. Back in the saddle again. Here we are. Another ride on the Lifestylist Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Story. Our guest today is my friend, Aaron Alexander. He stopped by the studio for about two and a half hours, and we went down so many crazy rabbit holes that it's hard to even describe this show. The idea was to talk about the mind-body connection, because Aaron is an expert in functional movement and body work, uh, rolfing specifically. So we're going to talk all about that. But then shit just got crazy. We took a bunch of new and drank some bulletproof coffee and next thing you know we just like went into the zone you know what i'm saying so it's a really great episode i'm excited to share it with you i'm just going to bullet out some of the things we covered how your form creates your function the true meaning of yoga and how to implement it in your life 100 of the time not just in a class functional movement as the fountain of youth if understood and utilized properly working out and becoming buff and ripped and looking good to cover up your insecurities and how your self-worth does not come from the outside in, but rather the inverse. How personal care products can hurt your hormones and make you fat. Sounds crazy, but yeah, your deodorant could actually make you gain weight. The Taoist practice of semen retention and how porn ruins men's sexual performance. How intention and beliefs affect our health, the food we eat, and the immense power of placebo. We talk a lot about kundalini yoga and how it builds energy in your body, using body language for persuasion and rapport building, how clothes affect your mood and self-confidence, and as a weird side note, how the media actually tricked women into smoking in the 40s and how we can use our mind in the way that we believe in things to persuade ourselves or other people into doing things that either hurt you or harm you. Really trippy stuff there, but we want to, a side note, definitely worth checking out. And then what is the proper way to sit in a squat position? So I actually did one in the studio. I got a lot of movement lessons from Aaron because we have this on Facebook Live. If you want to go back and see that, you can look on my Facebook. It's at Mr. Luke Story. That's my, um, you know, my fan page uh, for the podcast. And you can see me doing my sort of okay squat that he schooled me on. That was very good too. And then uh, the dangers of chairs and sitting and how to sit in a healthy position, not only at your office chair, but on the couch and in a car, which was pretty cool. How to fix pronated ankles. Uh, we uncovered the dangers of modern footwear and how to heal your feet going barefoot or using minimal footwear. The importance of keeping your core and glutes engaged as you live your daily life. That's what really supports your skeleton. And we talk about how to do that all the time. Then what are the healthiest sleeping positions and how to quit your pillow addiction? How to use breathing techniques to cure sleep acne? 
What are chakras and do they really matter? Are these like energy centers in the body actually real? And how can we work with them to achieve greater health? And what is the healthiest way to walk and to run? And then finally, the origins of rolfing and how it works to heal your body. So we talk a lot about the body work that uh, Aaron actually practices and that's kind of his area of expertise. But as I said, we went into a lot of different areas. You're gonna enjoy both halves of this interview, absolutely. We just had a lot of fun. It was actually very comical at moments because I think, I don't know, like I said, we just got in a zone and we just had some fun. So not so much of an interview on this one, but more of a conversation, a banter between two homies and you, my friend, get to be a fly on the wall and enjoy it. So thank you so much for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by my friends over at Organifi.com. Really excited about this product. I've been using it for a few months and I've got to say they are revolutionizing the green juice game. So you probably know that green juice is good for you, right? We see them like in 7-Eleven now and airport convenience stores. That's awesome. I'm all for it. But there's a couple of issues with green juice that I find troubling. A is a lot of times they come in plastic. B, they're loaded with sugar up to 25 grams sometimes, which is insane. That's like a green Coke. But the main thing is they're just really in convenient. They're not good for travel. Organifi has solved that problem by creating these single serving packets of a really easy to mix, easy to use green juice superfood blend. It's loaded with 11 superfoods. It's got chlorella, wheatgrass, spirulina, mint, turmeric, moringa, ashwagandha, lemon, beets, matcha green tea, coconut water, Best of all, it's sweetened with monk fruit, which is a really low glycemic sugar. So it's not going to spike your blood sugar, which essentially drains you of energy, makes you crash, and ultimately could also make you fat because you don't want to be having a high sugar drink. It just is not good. So these guys make this amazing tasting, super powerful green juice powder. It also comes in a tub if you just want to have one at home. It's by far the tastiest one that I've found. There's a lot of superfood green blends around. And to be honest, a lot of them just taste gross and they don't mix well and they're just not convenient to travel with. You'd have to like make a Ziploc bag full of some green powder. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be traveling through the airport security and get caught with one of those. So if you want to check it out, I highly recommend that you do. And I've also got a little discount for you, of course. All you do is go to Organifi.com. That's spelled with an I, Organifi.com. Enter the code LIFESTYLIST and you will save 20% off your order. It's a pretty sweet deal. So again, go to Organifi.com, enter the code LIFESTYLIST and you will save 20%. Check it out. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my all-time favorite companies known as Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic make these amazing medicinal mushroom and herbal elixirs. So there's these little packets, really easy to transport, very portable, very potent, and very delicious. So they make a reishi, a chaga, lion's mane, cordyceps, etc. If you don't know what those are, you definitely need to look into your medicinal mushrooms. These are great drinks on their own or even to add to an existing concoction. Like I love to upgrade my Bulletproof coffee with Four Sigmatic products. And you may have seen this in my Supercharged Bulletproof Coffee video. If you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. It's also in the episode upgrade from episode one. But foursigmatic.com is the place to go to get these highly convenient, very powerful, really high-end herbal elixir powders. So go to foursigmatic.com and the bonus here is that I got you a little hookup of 15% off. How do you get it? You enter this code. The Lifestylist. So at foursigmatic.com, enter the code The Lifestylist to save a cool 15% off. 
Hey, I've got a cool feature at LukeStory.com to tell you about. It's our support page. You can go to LukeStory.com forward slash support, and there you will find three quick and easy ways to make a monetary pledge to help support the cost of the podcast. You can pay with a credit card, PayPal, or even go on Patreon through the link there, where you can make a monthly pledge for as little as $2 and receive exclusive rewards every damn month, okay? So go to LukeStory.com forward slash support and do whatever you can to help contribute to the show. And if you just want to listen, that's a great contribution as well. Thank you so much for your support. Aaron Alexander is an accomplished manual therapist and movement coach with over a decade of experience. He's the founder of Align Therapy, an integrated approach to functional movement and self-care that has helped thousands of people out of pain and into health. He also hosts the top-rated Align podcast featuring the biggest names in movement and wellness, including yours truly, the host, a couple weeks back. Aaron's clients include Olympic and professional athletes, and he speaks and teaches internationally. Yeah, there's total change in direction just to get away from the stuff that we're going to talk about on the other side is uh, as you were talking about our perception of food and such, it brought up this, I was watching this like TED Talk or something like that. And one of the things they mentioned was the, I think they call it the, the rosé paradox, which is the way that we perceive a certain fine wine, you know? So when you're in France and you're drinking that wine, all of a sudden you perceive it as like, oh, this is amazing, you know? We're out here and we got, you know, like the whole thing. It's like, wow, I'm having my Paris experience. You know, I've been thinking about this since I was 12. You know, and then you bring that bottle of rosé back to your house in, you know, L.A. or whatever, and you break it open with your friends, and you're having the whole thing, and you drink it, and it just tastes like some fucking wine. And you're like, what What, what happened? You know, and so what we were talking about before is our perception of food and such. And I think it's a really interesting point where I think oftentimes we become too obsessed or consumed by I'm eating all the perfect things. You know, it's like the orthorexia thing. You know, and I think that the thing that we could get into, tap into in a more may, in my opinion, have a more profound impact is, again, like the terrain that we're putting that food into and our perception of the food. Have you thought about that at all? With Is it just like, is it the, is it the food that's on the plate or is it the organism that you're putting into the food and my perception of it? Is Absol- that regressive? Well, absolutely, dude. I mean, you know, one of my favorite spiritual teachers that I reference all the time is Dr. David R. Hawkins, who's since passed. He wrote a famous book called Power Versus Force. Yeah, yeah, my favorite it. book of his, though, is um, he worked with kinesiology a lot, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah, muscle testing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but his book, uh, Letting Go, is my favorite. He wrote that, and then it came out after he died, actually. Um, but anyway something that he always talked about was how like all these health nuts are just fucking crazy and there's no point to it because it's all in the intention and all in the power of your mind. And he, you know, lived until his eighties. Now he had a lot of physical problems, so I don't necessarily buy this 100%. He had a lot of illnesses in his life and he overcame a lot of them by doing a course in miracles and all the spiritual work, you know, but he always said that it's like if you think something's going to make you sick because it has gluten or pesticides or MSG, yeah. it's going to make you sick. And if you think that it's not, it's not. Now, I believe that to a degree, but that's, I don't know. It's, t- it's tough to go all the way there because your biology is your biology. And if you put poison in, I don't care if you think cyanide is fucking spirulina. If you put enough of it in you, you're going to keel over and die, you know? Unless you're in from like the Southern Baptist, you know, and you're getting bit by rattlesnakes. Okay, okay. Right? I mean, are right. you familiar with that? You know, where, where people are like, no. hallelujah, praise the Lord, you know, and they yeah, pull the yeah. snake out of the box and then the, you know, right. the name of the Holy Spirit, right. you know, and, and you believe it so 
freaking much. You know that all of a sudden you pull some Wim Hof maneuvers off. Right. Right. And all right. of a sudden you start accessing your autonomic nervous system to a degree that you never thought you had any any ability to tap into. But right. through the power of the Lord, or in this, you know, in my opinion, the placebo, right? Through the power of we'll just call it placebo, hopefully it doesn't offend anybody, but through I'm, the power of your belief. Yeah, and people have a neg apply a negative connotation to placebo. Placebo doesn't mean it's whack or inferior or fake. It just means you're using your mind, you're using the power of belief. That's placebo. Well, but what I'm potentially saying is that it's not the power of the Lord. It's the power of your own internal healing mechanisms, right. which from their perspective is like, nope, that was absolutely the lord you know yeah yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's like yeah. a different vibe <laughs> yeah yeah Dude, that's a good accent you sound like the, you. Um, the preacher on the simpsons <laughs> yeah um well the, the, okay here's an example of the, the what you're talking about the power of the mind yeah. so many years ago i quit smoking successfully by the way if you oh. smoke and you want to quit here's how i've done it twice the first time was successful but i didn't follow the rules after so i relapsed second time it worked and it stuck it's called alan carr the easy way to quit smoking they have clinics all over the uk it sounds like total bullshit but you read this dumb little book you smoke all the way through it and at the end you quit it's fucking magical mm. i digress many years ago i quit smoking using that method and I was good for about a year. And then I went on a cruise to the Bahamas with the family. And my stepbrother bought me a Cuban cigar, like a Cohiba or whatever. And I was like, oh, gross. Like, what am I, a golfer now who smokes cigars? How douchey. What am I, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Like, I just have had a negative <laughs> connotation with, like, cigars being super douchey because I'm like this rock and roll kid, you know? So, uh, like, Keith Richards doesn't fucking smoke cigars. He smokes heroin. Come on, you know? <laughs> Well, actually, no, he didn't smoke it. He shot it. But anyway, uh, so he brings back this Cuban cigar. And um, then I proceeded to smoke Cuban cigars addictively for the next like five years, meaning like I smoked literally three to five full size Cuban cigars every single day to the tune of about like 60 to $80 a day. Like I spent thousands of dollars on Cuban cigars. Okay, so I became a connoisseur of cigars. I can tell you every brand, like the flavor profile, where they come from in Cuba, the whole thing. I got super into it. I was ordering from the Canary Islands and from Hong Kong because they were illegal here, you know, you know what I'm saying? So I had to find ways on the internet and I would find them. Okay, so power of the mind story. I had a supplier here that would smuggle them back from Cuba and he, we'd go meet him in an alley and he'd pop up in the trunk of his car and he would just have the most pristine Cuban cigars. So I go over to my homie's house one day and he was supposed to have met up with our connection and like re-up us on a bunch of Cubans. I go over there, he's like, dude, bad news. My friend Larry, he's like, dog, I couldn't get them. But I got these Honduran cigars from the fucking cigar shop. They're just as good. You won't even notice the difference. They're really good. And I'm like crushed, dude, because I'm so addicted. <laughs> so we're out on we're out on the porch. We fire up the cigar, take a couple puffs. He's like, How is it, man? You know, and I I'm like, I don't know, let me see. And I'm I'm really trying to like enjoy it because I'm, you know, it's all we've got and I'm super addicted. And he's like, I don't know. I think they taste great, man. I don't I don't know what your problem is. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really feeling it. And I smoke a few more. I'm like, nah. Nah, this sucks, man. This thing's a piece of shit. I wish we had the Cubans, you know? And he's just sitting there kind of chuckling. And then we, you know, we go on a few minutes smoking. And then he's like, you know what, man? That you know a, what I'm going to say, right? Cuban, yeah. He's like, yeah, that was a fucking Diplomatico or whatever it was. Like one of the, you know, really one of my favorite Cuban cigars. And, and, gotcha. and I was like, no way, no way. I'll bet you, blah, blah. He brings out the box and shows me. And sure enough, and you know what's fucking crazy is the minute I knew it was a Cuban, it tasted delicious. And I'll never forget that because it was such a demonstration of what you're describing. Yeah. The, 
the the power of your mind and the power I, of belief. Are you familiar with uh, Edward Bernays? He's like he's known as the father of modern marketing, I believe. Is yeah, the term for yeah, him. sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Look at that post-it right there, dog. What <laughs> does it, that say? Is it research Edward Bernays? This, no, it says the century Center, of self. Century of self. Oh yeah, good when, documentary. When I interviewed um, Daniel Vitalis, he was like, "Yeah, yoga and all the shit you're into, that's all bullshit. It was all imported by the CIA to make everybody self-centered so the government could control." Yeah, century right, of self. Right. I've only watched the first of like three parts, but they talk a lot about okay. Edward Bernays in that uh, yeah. documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things that they talk about in that documentary is the uh, Eddie brought on the, this idea exactly like you're talking about of if you really want to market effectively, you need people to emotionally identify with the product that they're purchasing. It's not just because, well, like, why do you, you know, want water or whatever? It's like, well, because you know, I'm thirsty, I need some water. It's just like, no, you need Perrier. You know, or you need fucking whatever, smart water, whatever it is, because I'm a smart person and these are my values, this is what I identify with. And one of the things that he did with the uh, bringing on of women smoking cigarettes, if you may have, if you saw the beginning of it, you'd see that, was um, he labeled them, I think, freedom torches. Yeah. Right? yeah. It was all about so female empowerment, you know, and liberate your pussy and like all the things. It was like, yeah, like we're like, screw men, like, like we're freedom torch, you know, yeah. and he got the people on the, uh, they got like a, a group of, of beautiful women that were like in the front of the parade. And it's like he got them to all have cigarettes, right? And now all of a sudden, poof, Right, you change the psychology or perspective as a culture on what these you know cancer sticks do, you know. And not to say that they're necessarily cancer sticks. If you're in like a shaman society, all of a sudden the, the smoke clears spirits out and such, which is something I've been around, which is really that's like another random tangent story, you know. But it's just amazing how we have this. The, just what shapes what we value, you know, and, and the big question I don't have an answer to, it's more just like a big nebulous question is how do our values not just change what we like and what we want in our world, but how that actually physiologically changes our receptiveness to receive, you know, in this case, nutrition, but you know, fucking anything, you know, so. Wow. You're 29 dog. You're, you're deep, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's a protect. It's a protective mechanism. Like, like I said, I'm like, I wish someone would have like podcasted me at 29. I don't know. I like it's scary to think what I would have had to say, but I love it. I love it. Okay, well, so you were, you were digging into the fire at that point, though, right? When I was 29 years old, I was 26. I you said you. you I got sober when I was 26, so seven, eight, nine. So yeah, three years in, I was a fucking raving lunatic trying mm -hmm. to trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's good work, man. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah, no, that's stuff that I've I've never experienced. You know, my, yeah. me raving is like almost killing myself doing trying to beer bong a forty when I was like seventeen. Right, it's not that cool. You know, that's I would not beer like, bong a forty to get ready to go out drinking. That's what I would do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I, there was there was there was one time. This isn't a very important story, but that we I literally almost killed myself. Like I thought for sure I was going to die, and because my ego was was strong enough, I like. I like almost killed myself from beer bonging a 40. I was like 17. There was a group of like 30 people. I was known as like a big drinker, not big, but just like I could drink a lot. And uh, down the whole entire thing, I literally felt my stomach exploding. Like it was, it was oh. nothing. It was completely unacceptable behavior. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and so I I stopped like just shy like a like a twentieth of the bottle. I was just like, I'm gonna die if I do anymore. And I just had the the most glorious burp that was. And then that's I, the I, I survived. <laughs> that's the downside of beer. I was always a beer drinker, uh, but that's the downside is you can only fit so much yes. at a time. Yeah, dog. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. 
<laughs> I want to talk about something known as rolfing. Mm. I want to get into the bodywork piece a little bit here. Mm. What is that? Rolf is the last Rolf, name. Rolfing. So yes. yeah, so Rolf is the last name of Ida P. Rolf. Right, so she was a. Uh, oh, it was a woman. Mm-hmm. I did not yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah, freedom, okay. freedom torches. Liberate, yeah, 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 she liberate, smoked liberate, freedom torches. Liberate. <laughs> and uh, oddly enough, her posture wasn't that good. If you if you like look at pictures, it's really interesting. Um, maybe a little bit like the the uh, not to relate her to an autistic person, but like the autistic person that had like this amazing ability to see. You know, that's kind of Ida Rolf. You know, she's she's like this. You know, it's like a, like she's like mythological at this point. Um, but a lot of her influence came from osteopathy and, uh, her perspective on the body was this concept of integration, right? You know, and so it was, she kind of fathered or mothered this, this approach of using your, there you go. Yeah. Luke is going into the squat and that's, a, that's a, that's a nice squat. We, there's some things I, we can work on with it. I but. can only, I can only do this, um, while you're talking. So go on a long rant yeah. and I'll, <laughs> I'll do a little yoga cause <laughs> I have to be on the mic for this. All right, and then and then you can bitch about my whack squat yeah. later on. Yeah, yeah. So so super brief, and we will talk about your squat because this is good. Um, not bad, and I've already cued you since last time, and you have a cueing of your brother, so you've got a lot of really really good guidance. But watch that left knee. Make sure. So as he's squatting, and we'll talk about Rolf in a second. But since he's squatting, as you're coming down, start off. I want you, especially Luke's, he gets more grounding out of his right foot. He stacks and stabilizes more through his right foot. And you can see the left foot kind of has a more of a tendency of kind of drifting away. Do you feel that at all? Yeah. Do you notice that? Yeah, okay. totally. Yeah. Yeah. So what you really want to focus on for people at home, if you're listening, if you're in a squat position like Luke is right now or a standing position, feet could be shoulder width, a little wider, whatever, you can play with it. And then I want you to imagine you're screwing your feet into the ground outwardly right yes so your knees are going to go externally or away from your midline and then as you come down that's going to engage your glutes and i want your hips to come straight back good really drive your left knee out wide yeah right so what you do is you start to seat nest your pelvis you feel a difference there right so as you come down there and that's lower than i'd even want you to Wait, go i should grunt on the mic i'm oh. far away from the mic so it's all echoey oh. yeah, there you go there we go so we could dub that in. <laughs> yeah. So as you're coming down, I would actually recommend that you not even be so enamored by the deep, deep squat and focus on keeping that spine neutral, right? So as you come down, come to a point, make sure and people at home listening, come to a point where as soon as you feel like your lumbar spine, your sacrum starts to kind of duck under into like, I call it like the sad puppy dog position or kind of rolls between your legs. Um, from there, just stop. Right. And I want you to really focus on cultivating that hip hinge, right? And cultivating that connection from your feet all the way up through your body as you're going down through a full, safe range of motion of a squat. What that translates to being able to do is pick heavy shit up off the ground or pick light shit up off the ground, right? But you're starting to grow your joints because you don't just have the joints that you get, you're always growing them, right? You grow your joints in the most effective, you know, form or path possible. And then that to me is the fountain of youth, right? One of the fountains. If you can, if you can continually be cultivating those paths, Pavel Satsulin calls it greasing the groove, right? You're greasing those nervous and, you know, and, and muscular pathways so that when you go into that, you know, survival, you know, whatever response, you get down to the ground, whatever it is, you've greased the groove enough that your baseline movement is badass. Right. But if it's only a thing that yeah, better. Yeah, exactly. Right. So as you're coming down, I would say if you can't keep that, yeah, that nice, long, strong, neutral spine hinging at the hips, I would say work on that 
and it's before just like dropping down into like the full third world squat. Third world squat's fine and it's okay to posteriorly tilt the pelvis, but um, as far as like loading the body and such, I would practice making sure you can get that, that strength. Thanks for the lesson. That was a little lesson, yeah. That's so great. The reason it's rolfing, it's like one of the most deplorable names you could possibly imagine. It sounds like, you know, like vomiting or rolling on the floor laughing or something. It's just like rolfing. Like I got rolfed. It's very interesting type term. It's because it's her last name. And so she called it structural integration, which I'm way more on board with that as a term, as an umbrella term. And that's, it's organizing your physical structure. Right. So looking at the body from a structural, like an engineering perspective, looking at it as if I can organize and stack all of these parts from my feet to my knees, to my pelvis, to my spine, to my head, then my body begins to heal itself. As long as I'm in points of dis-ease, right, or imbalance, then my body is an inflammation machine. You know, it doesn't matter how much freaking krill oil and algae oil and, you know, all the things that you do. If you're in a position that's actually creating inflammation just by walking, just by sitting, just by breathing, because you're grinding your gears together, you're an inflammation machine. I interviewed a guy named Dr. John Bergman, mm. world famous chiropractor down in Huntington Beach a mm. couple of weeks ago. And he talked a lot about how when your spine is misaligned, and your discs are irritated and are touching the nerves that go down your spine, that you're constantly, no matter how much you're aware of it, he didn't mention the inflammation piece like you are so much, but he talked about how it affects you so much psychologically because your nervous system is fucking freaking out. Scrambled. Yeah, and yep. so there's like, you can meditate all you want. You're going to have a low-level anxiety Based on that, so would, yeah. would this be in alignment with what you're saying when you're not yeah. stacked accordingly and having that sort of physical integrity? Yeah, yeah. The visual that's coming to my mind is, um, you know, you think of like one good strong boulder <laughs> drops down in some water, right? And you see that, and you see the you see the the waves coming off of that, all kind of evenly distributed waves. Right. That's that. I'm seeding my pelvis. I'm seeding my knee. I'm seeding my I'm really finding that stack and it's boom. It's strong and it's heavy and it sticks. Right. Then there's the other version where I'm kind of constantly in this like you're kind of explaining like turbulence. Right. So my foot is kind of is collapsing. My knees collapsing. My glutes are disengaged. I have all that sensory motor amnesia stuff I'm talking about. My body is literally like this, this like static turbulence machine you know i described it as inflammation right which inflammation is a byproduct of that like stress right so if you're in that place where you constantly have all that stress happening that's like you just throw a big freaking pile of rocks in the water <laughs> and you have it's just waves right and so then that analogy of course spills into things like like you you know appreciate like within the yoga world you know that's like an analogy that i've actually probably got from like a yoga class or something like that and related to the body but it's the same thing now that's the mind right so if you can create a tranquil body then you create a tranquil mind that's the intention of yoga right that's why yoga is just like what is it one of like the eight tenets or something of you know or like the actual movement practice of it it might be eight seven six you know one of those numbers you know but there's all these other aspects to yoga in the western culture yoga is predominantly hopefully no one gets offended but like a sweaty stretch class right and then then there's a handful of people that are like no like i'm actually on like i know what i'm doing here and i'm i'm really i'm, I'm i have a practice you know, and that's the people that you can, when they, when they kind of have that, like, like, no, this is my yoga practice. 
you know, that's like, oh, you're like a practice. I never really thought of it that way. Right, they're not doing it to like have a bubble butt. I'm not just trying to do the bubble butt. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, that's good because I want to g- actually get into telling everyone how yoga sucks and the gym sucks. No, I'm just kidding. I want to talk about true like functional training and movement. I want to get to that, but take me back to rolfing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we talked about its origins a bit, but people still might not understand that this is like a really hardcore form of body work. Now I have not had it done, but my brother Cody's gone through like a session of it. So what does it look like for, I mean, a series of the things, you know? So what does it look like for someone just walking into someone's a practitioner's office and be like, Hey, Rolf me. Yeah. Right. Um, first there might be a snicker with the Rolf me, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, so the 10 session series, the 10 session recipe, as they call it is, um, and this again stems. So Rolfing is a trademarked name, right? So it's Rolfing trademark symbol beside it. And there was like a big political dispute between structural integration, Rolfing. And there's like this big political split between different schools, unnecessary details for anybody. But anyway, just so that like, the term Rolfing is a trademark term and it's, you know, structural integration is more the term that I use. And I went to the Rolf Institute and, you know, all that stuff. But so the 10 session recipe. Where is that? Boulder, Colorado. Oh, okay. Yeah. But they're all over. There's, there's oh, ones I in see. Japan okay. and Brazil and all over the place. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but the 10 session recipe, essentially what it looks like is like a 10 hour session broken up into 10 weeks or however, whatever time frame you do. You know, and so the first session, the main focus originally was work with the feet, find foundation and stability and support through the bottom, right? And then from there, we can start to build on top of that. Then Ida decided that, uh, and I'm pretty sure the story is totally accurate, but, you know, if, if not, I apologize to Ida. You know, but then she decided like, oh, wait, I think if their respiratory system isn't functioning correctly, then this whole healing and, you know, like being able to start downregulating your sympathetic nervous system and all these terms, the person's still not really able to like access their body the way that they could if we start working around the lungs and we start balancing the rib cage and start maybe talking to the viscera a little bit and balancing the pelvic girdle. You know, so that's just, you know, a little breakdown of the first two sessions. And from there it gets into the lateral line, the outside of the body, then the medial line and so on and so forth for 10, 10 more sessions. Is it painful? Yeah. So pain's a really relative word, first of all, but um, pain, the way that I describe any work that I do with people, and you've probably heard this, I probably used this, this metaphor with you was um, if it's painful, but interesting, not that it's a metaphor, but painful, but interesting, then this is great. We're in fine territory. You know, if it's the feeling of like, oh, like imagine you have a splinter in your hand and I'm like, Luke, I got this splinter. Like, I can't get it. Like, could you help me out? And you get in there with the tweezers and you pull the splinter out and I can feel it being pulled out. I'm just like, oh, like, yes, pull that splinter. Come on, baby. Like, get it. You know, that's that to me, that's not pain. That's like the very, very gratifying sensation. You know, so if that's the experience that you're having and it's something that you really want to lean into and you say, yeah, yeah, then that's great. Any practitioner, in my opinion, that goes into the point where of pain and contraction and resistance, I think they're butting their head up against a wall. And I think that it ends up actually creating, you know, more resistance in the system to create change. You know, so body work is a conversation, right? So the same way that as we're talking to each other, there's things that I could do, you know, that would, that would all of a sudden maybe like, who the hell is this guy? Like, all of a sudden I don't really trust what he's saying. 
right? You know, and there's other things that I could do that would go the other direction, you know? And so as I'm doing body work with somebody, what I'm doing is I'm meeting them with a proper resistance that allows their nervous system to say, I trust this guy. I want to see what he's talking about. I'm going to open up and kind of try something different. Right. And that's what we're doing. Anytime we're trying to you know, sell a car or trying to just meet somebody, gain rapport with someone, whatever it is, it's like, I don't know this person. They're a stranger. They could try to kill me, whatever it is. But like so far their contact in this case, physical, but you know, in conversation place, conversation in their posture, it feels okay. I'll trust. I'll go with it. You know, and then so what I'm doing is I'm offering up different movement potentials to people. You've been moving in this way that's creating this inflammation and the turmoil and all that stuff in your body. What about this? So awesome, man. Yeah. Great description. Is that something that you're still practicing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have, I have, uh, so I have a office here in Santa Monica. Oh, cool. Yeah. And people can actually come see you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure. a, real, I'm need, a real person. I need to do that too. Yeah, come <laughs> oh, my God. I, dude, I still, one of the things I just, I don't know. I have a lot of pain in my body still. I got to figure it out. Yeah. Shit is annoying. Um, and I'm like a body work junkie. But I, I don't mm. know, for some reason, I haven't gone this route just because I haven't gotten around to it. But it's mm. like one of those things people have suggested for a long time. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into some more specific movements. So we talked about the squat. Let's talk about how to integrate more functional movement into our daily lives Mm -hmm. okay and then we'll cover you know some of the downsides of things like yoga and lifting weights and getting ripped and like all of the kind of traditional sort of exercise stuff that people are doing because i just love to myth bust and i know that like you've injured yourself going the traditional pumping iron route my brother cody that's how he got into functional movement same way was an athlete destroyed himself you know by trying to be healthy and get fit so i want to cover that but I find it really fascinating, um, like when you came over here the first time, and you're like, "Let me see how you sit at your desk," and I'm like, "I got this. I got the standing desk. <laughs> I got my, story. <laughs> I got my $800 Herman Miller chair, like ergonomics. I know what I'm doing." And you're like, "Yeah, bro, you're sitting there like a corpse. You're not, you know, you're impinging your nerves in your spine, and this and that." You assessed me, and I was like, "Ah, shit. I really thought I had it figured out." So let's start. We covered the squat, which is pretty good because that's just something that one should integrate into their life as you said if you need to you know you drop your wallet on the ground like why bend over in a way that's not functional and that could harm you rather than use that as a quote-unquote exercise like why don't we just do a nice squat right there you know and just building those things in so in terms of working at a desk what do you recommend in terms of seating versus uh, you know like standing desk versus a seated desk alternating um, how are we supposed to sit because it's something that seems really hard to avoid yeah yeah so um, sitting is the new smoking is the thing that they say and I think that's that's bullshit I don't think that's accurate you know and that is, so the reason I, I, I depends on how you see it right so sitting is the new smoking if you sit like the corpse right which I don't I don't know if I use that analogy because I, I I don't <laughs> I, I think I, I think I might I've been watching the walking that. dead lately. So <laughs> okay, I think right. I just like, I, have, I don't think I said that. like their posture <laughs> is so like hunched over like that and their yeah. neck, you know, their head kind of hangs down. So yeah. I think I'm just, so if you're sitting like walking dead, yes, sitting is the new smoking and it sucks. It's not okay. You need to change it now. There's no, it's, it's in my opinion, it's unacceptable. It's not negotiable, right? Because the difference is more comfortable, right? It's just any habituation of what you do becomes the comfortable thing because you've greased that groove to go back to the other analogy, right? So for starters, something that people can tinker with if they have a chair 
which hopefully they're, you know, they're listening to this. I you might be in your car, you know, if not, you're probably not sitting on a chair listening to this, hopefully. Um, but if you do have a chair around, what you can do is first of all, ditch the back of the chair, right? You don't need the back of the chair. You're a strong, sturdy human being. You can stack your joints, right? Anytime that we outsource our movement to something else, that's our body getting dumber. So a chair is like a cast for your spine then basically you like you're getting the support from the arch in your chair or your car seat that is inherently built into your body already. It's like a prosthetic yeah, 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 spine yeah, yeah. kind yeah, of? Yeah, yeah, like an orthotic would be a good a good analogy okay, from, okay. From, from that perspective. Okay. But yeah, you could say culture is like a cast, right? You know, so the way that we move through the world, we're moving through the world in such a way that we either, you know, we either want to stand out or like an emo kid or something like that, or we don't want to stand out and we just want to fit into what people are doing. That's a cast. You know, their casts are everywhere, right? You know, so, mm, so interesting. Yeah. You know, so sitting as well, absolutely cast analogy works perfectly. And with that, as you're, as you're starting off just from your butt, you know, so really getting intimate with your sit bones, right? Your ischial tuberosities, the bony protrusions coming out your butt cheeks, right? About a couple inches east and west of your, of your anus. Um, from there, feel into those, those bones and really just, just like know that those are the feet of your butt. Right. You know, so when you're standing on your feet, that's where your ground is. Right. When you're sitting down, now all of a sudden you really want to get grounded into your, you know, the feet of your butt, those sit bones. Right. And so the same way that we want to have nice, good support stack balance through our feet as we are standing so you don't collapse the arches of your feet like we were talking about. Now we want to have that good support through our sit bones. And the way that you do that is you just get on the front edge of those sit bones. Right. So as you're sitting down, what you can do is you can reach back and you can grab your butt cheeks and you can kind of pull them back a little bit. And what you'll feel, hopefully you know what your sit bones are. If you don't, you really need to get intimate back there and feel what that is. If you ever do yoga or anything like that, um, you'll probably figure it out. Yeah, so now Luke's nailing it, right? You know, and so from that position, that's that you're now you're starting to kind of nurture that lumbar curve, right? So the lumbar discs, uh, the vertebrae are actually a little bit more wedge-shaped. So they're actually built to have that lumbar curve. If you're in that forward folded position, then it's put stress on your disc, it's a disc herniation, right? So that's the, that's the, that's the foundation. Okay. Now from there, something you can tinker with if you have that foundation is you can imagine you have like a string kind of tugging up on the back of your head. So your chin would slightly come back. The back of your head kind of reaches up to the ceiling and you can kind of imagine you're like floating up to the ceiling as you're sitting there. And then as well, you could imagine you have a weight kind of pulling your sacrum down. And I'm, I'm kind of visualizing my, my sacrum or my coccyx, that little like diamond shaped bone on the bottom of your spine. Notice the thinking of that as being like an arrow and it's pointing down into the ground. Right. So this might be, you know, a little wacky explanation, but it feels good to me. I'm following along. You guys listening. Cool. By the way. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm emulating what he's, yeah. what he's describing here. And so when you can get that feeling of your, your, you know, it's like a kind of like dance talk, you know, you're going down to come up. Right. So if you can come down through your body and feel that support going down and really feel yourself whoa, relaxed into the ground, or in this case, into your butt cheeks, right. Then you give, it gives you the access to getting tall. Right. But as long as you don't have a good foundation, whatever's contacting the ground, then you don't have access to get tall in your body. You're a collapse machine. Right. And then the next thing that I would add with the sitting is making sure that the position of your feet are, again, facing straight ahead. Imagine your feet are like race car tires. Right. If you had one kind of you know, disabled race car tire facing out to the left, it would be like, what? That's what that doesn't make any sense. 
that's your body, right? So practicing creating that groove for your body so that I'm sitting and I have my, uh, my feet facing straight, raise my pelvis up a little bit. So if I were to put a ball on my femurs, right, on my thighs, it would roll off the front of my knee. And now I have a little bit of weight distribution through my feet, through the front of my sit bones, and I'm reaching down into the seat with my butt and I'm coming up long through my spine. That sitting is not smoking. That sitting is just fine. Wow. So could you stay in this position that I'm doing my best to hold for a considerable period of time without it becoming? No, that'd be a bad decision. Okay. That's just, this is just, this is just, <laughs> you see where I'm going with this. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. all right, how can I find something like, so I can just sit on my ass and still be healthy for like five hours at a time. Yeah. No. So this is one example. The next okay. thing that I would do is now stand, right? Okay. You don't need to stand now because I'll mess things up. But next thing is stand. And most of the same things that I was talking about, Okay. Bring that in. Let's just do it. I'll jump off the mic. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. Stand up. I'll do it for video. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Stand up. Right? So as you're standing, one of the things that people can do, a lot of people have a little bit wider stance than is necessary, which is going to end up causing, especially on this left foot. This left foot's the one that you really need to like have a come to Jesus moment with and really like just nurture it, talk to it, love it. You know, it's not like my good leg and my bad leg. I think that language is a really bad idea. You know, it's my leg that I'm going to, that I'm, that I'm working with. You know, it's the healing leg or the leg that's like, you know, we're working with it, right? But especially that side there, you want to put yourself in a position so your feet are, instead of being really wide, that'll cause your knees to kind of collapse in and that's arches to collapse in. Go a little bit narrower so your, your feet are kind of now just below those sit bones like we were talking about, right? So now you're going to be just underneath those sit bones and what that's going to allow you to do, play with bringing this left foot in just a little bit more. A little bit more, a little bit more, a little more. No, no, no. Like like the heel, like the whole thing, just bring the whole foot in. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're good. So what happens with that is it starts to cause that distribution of weight to come on a little bit more on the outside of the foot. You know, so before most people will have that pronated foot, the feet are collapsing inward, right? So what you can do to start to remedy that, just to start, bring your feet a little bit more narrow. And now that weight, you know, it's engineering again. You're gonna that weight's gonna distribute a little bit more on the outside, which is gonna cultivate that lift in the foot. Does that make sense? Good. Absolutely. Great. <laughs> I lean back over to the mic. It's funny. We ruined everything. It's funny when it gets physical because it's like, I can't answer from up there because yeah. it'll sound all weird and echoey. I had a brain fart. But what's <laughs> what I find about that, even it's interesting because I totally have pronated ankles and mm-hmm. I'm like collapsed like a motherfucker. It mm. sucks. But, uh, and maybe we'll work on fixing work it. On, but yeah. I definitely notice when I'm standing and my feet are closer together, like you just had me do the pressure and the weight is definitely going to the outer edge of both feet rather than that pressure in on the ankles where my, you know, like whole sort of cat, whatever the bones called, like in your, um, in your calf is sort of like caving in on the insides, which yep. is a really shitty feeling. It feels yep. so unstable. Yeah, that's it. And so speaking of like body language and stuff, if you're doing a presentation and you have one wandering derelict leg, that's kind of like dragging along the stage, gotta assess that out right you know so then next next up is you're coming up the line something you could tinker with you're not going to do this all day long but just play with screwing those feet in the ground like we were talking about so rotating the knees so they go outward a little bit and you're feel your glutes engage right what that gluteal engagement does is it starts to stabilize the lumbar spine stabilize the sacrum i don't want to do too much description because it gets crazy but those glute muscles like glute maximus all the things they're running perpendicular with the sacrum and so when you contract those muscles, they, they actually kind of like compress and stabilize it a little bit, 
right? So as opposed to allowing that sacrum and the lumbar disc to kind of just wander and drift and, you know, disc herniation, right? It kind of, it stabilizes all that tissue, right? And also what you potentially feel is you might feel your butt tuck just a little bit when the glutes engage. It's protecting all that tissue, right? Then from there, the next thing to think about, most people from like a ballet perspective, they'd say like knitting up your abdomen, right? So knitting up your sternum in relation to your your pubic symphysis, the, you know, just kind of like closing your belly a little bit, right? And so what I'm doing with my hand right now to, to Luke's belly is I'm kind of reaching out and I'm kind of just having him like, yeah, kind of close it a little bit, right? So in, yeah, there you are. In gymnastics, it'd be a hollow position. Now you look much more um, domineering, actually. Honestly, like I don't know if you feel any difference with that, but like me energetically you know whatever i felt all of a sudden like whoa luke just got stronger right it's i I think you probably feel that i'd imagine yeah that's actually that's really something that i've discovered training with my brother at story fitness because a lot of the functional stuff that he does involves hollow body like so many yeah yeah, like so many of the moves whether it's on a pull-up bar or whatever there's always like hollow body just a constant almost in almost every move whether it's club bells kettlebells that's like the foundation of what's been cool about that and what I'm, I just feel, and you reminded me of that, is I find myself doing it more naturally just as I'm out living my life. Good. It's weird. My body's having this memory of like, yeah, that hollow body thing and kind of just having my lower body even just more firm and my glutes engaged just when I'm chilling yep. does make me feel a bit more stable. The piece that you're bringing to it is the psychological piece. Big time which I didn't think about it is like, wow, your fucking nervous system and your mind and your whole consciousness are responding to you exerting your will over your body. It's like a loop of information, is it not? Of communication between the the mind and body? It's the feedback loop, right? You know, so now I, and you'll notice if you're a sensitive person, which you are, you'll notice my perception of you will slightly change, right? So when all of a sudden Luke goes into strong, stable, stacked version of Luke, all of a sudden I go, oh, well, Luke's got some fucking, he could, you know, really handle himself, you know? And so now my perception of you changes, right? You pick up on that consciously or subconsciously, depending upon what you're thinking about. And now your perception of yourself changes, right? And now it validates this, like Luke's a bad motherfucker, right? You know, this is how Luke rolls through the I world. like this. I like this. This yeah. is good. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever mad at like being more badass. Let's no, face it. No, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a nice it's, thing. It's trippy though with this shit, dude, because it's like this whole functional movement piece because this is subtle, you know, and mm. you could have some, I mean, like, you know, I'm always joking about my body. I'm not like that ashamed of my body. I think I'm doing okay for 46, but I look sometimes at dudes that are like super fit and ripped and I'm like, wow, man, that guy's stoked. He's got a six pack and huge muscles and whatever. But then you watch a move or like you okay. said, what happened to you in high school? And it's like, God, I think I'm actually doing better on a movement front and just having fluidity in my body and joints. And I have a a sense of mobility that I'm much more actually interested in developing that because the psychological benefit from that, I think is even more than just being like, damn, I'm ripped. I could like crush someone's skull with my bare hands. Yeah. It's, and the mobility piece is really important because what mobility does is it allows you to get out of a lot more sticky situations safely. Right? So if you have, and it's not just mobility being I'm super flexible, right? It's mobility and I'm supported and integrated from these kind of broader ranges of motion. Right, right. right? So if you can do that, now ooh, now you're starting to be you know a true bad mofo right because now i can be on my back i can be on my side i can be up in a tree i can fall and tumble and whatever it is and my joints can get kind of stretched or twisted or turned or torqued but i've already filled in those pages 
right? You know, so if you just have a bunch of blank pages in your body, you know, or your mind, it's the same thing, I think, right? But if you just have a bunch of blank pages that are just being, they're begging to be filled in with information, but your only information is you're in the office for, you know, nine hours a day and you sit and all of your awareness is in this little cubicle in front of your face, then you just have a bunch of blank pages that are just blown in the wind. And when you get into a situation that it matters, right? Where you get into a fight, you have some type of freaking whatever, sexual something or another, you have some, you fall, you slip on ice. Those blank pages are injuries, right? So if you can get into a plate where you're integrated and flexible, now all of a sudden you're kind of like bulletproofing yourself from a wide variety of potential. And uh, so what do we, what do we do Back to the sitting piece, what do we do when we're in a car that's got these bucket seats where yeah. you actually can't sit upright and erect like I'm sitting now? Um, something that Dr. Bergman gave me is a little, it's like a mini foam roller and he had me put it, I guess it would be like behind my thoracic spine, basically Good. behind where my elbows would be. Perfect. And just, it kind of makes me not slump into my nice cozy leather bucket seat. It kind yeah. of keeps my back erect. Similar to when you told me my foam roller right here last time you were over here, you said, dude, don't sit in your office chair unless you have the thing behind you that keeps your shoulders sort of back and yep. keeps your spine erect. Would that be a solution in a car? Anything else for totally. people that drive a lot? Yeah. So I literally never drive, fly, or anything without having a Nalgene bottle or a, in my car, I have like this little foam roller thing. A proper, what most people are thinking of as foam roller, probably be like way too big. I have like a smaller one, but a Nalgene bottle is fine. <laughs> you know, a what? So a Nalgene bottle, just like a, you know, whatever, one of those like little like outdoor plastic, oh, okay. you know, whatever, BPA-free, okay. just like hard plastic bottles. Gotcha. I don't know, from like a, whatever, my granola town's Nalgene is like a, it's a standard term, <laughs> but a, a water bottle. Okay. Right. And so putting that bottle behind your, your thoracic spine, like you're explaining, I would recommend putting it kind of like at the apex of that curve, you know, the top of the curve. And then from there, pulling your butt cheeks back into the corner of the seat, Right. And then from there, what you have is you have your spine in a cast, right? But it's a functional cast. Right. You know, and so you got a bug flying through here. I wanted yeah. to smack him, but I'm like, it'll, it, you'll hear it on the mic. I had to resist. What is it? Isn't it funny? Like a, the human, like Squirrel. I don't, the human mind. Yeah. Like I can't let something just fly by. Like I have to Dude, kill it. Frisbees. I will like, I have I'll, to kill I'll like squash a baby trying to run for a Frisbee. It's yeah. a real issue. I guess it doesn't matter what's happening. It's like I will our, go. It's our nature that we can't, we're not getting rid of. Okay. So, so that's in a car and on an airplane. You know, the weird thing I experience in a car is that it's like, like, I feel much more stable when my feet are in alignment. As you said, like, what do you say, train tracks or something? Or? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I use race car tires. Race car tires. Okay. Yeah, yeah. When my feet are straight. Dude, when you're driving a car, it's very difficult to work the pedals and keep your feet straight. Like, they automatically just fall to the side and sort of splay. It's like, I almost wish my car had little... Do it. It's okay. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. So, so something you could play with is you could actually bring your feet to the outside. So you could kind of bring like one leg out to the door, the other leg, you know, to the whatever that middle portion console, whatever that is. And you can actually play with the same thing, that external rotation, right? So now you're pushing your knees out against the side of the car, engaging your glutes, stabilizing your lumbar spine, practicing this, uh, again, functional movement pattern. If you're allowing the, the, the devil is when you let your knees just kind of like wane medially inside, right? And what that's going to translate to is dis, disengagement of your glutes, 
right? And so most people in our modern world are, we're really short in our hamstrings, we're overly dominated in our quadricep group, and you know, the muscles in the front you know, that, are, that are extending the knee, and our glutes are just, like, it's the most badass joint that we have in our whole body, and we just don't use it. You know, it's completely, you know, maybe not completely, but predominantly disengaged from what its potential would be. You know, so anytime that you can spend really cultivating that hip hinge, like we're talking about, and cultivating the engagement of those glutes, it's going to be kind of like thinking of like vitamin C for a scurvy person, right? So really looking at like, this is like a, like a, like a muscular supplement, these movement practices that we're doing, you know, it's like vitamin walking, vitamin climbing the ladder, vitamin squatting, you know, you need ample amounts of all this stuff, all these ranges of motion. What about vitamin sleeping? What's a good sleeping position? Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, sleeping is a tough one, man, because, you know, in the end of the day, the sleeping position is a sleeping position that you fall asleep in. You know, so if it's like, you know, the person is like, okay, well, f- first just, just sleep. Right. If, if it's like that's that I care about more than anything, because if we can get you sleeping, then from there, maybe we can get you sleeping more. We can challenge your sleep a little bit. You know, maybe we, you know, you start getting this tissue healing you get just overall your body starts coming to more of like a balanced place. Now, maybe we can start tinkering with like maybe pulling a couple pillows out or pulling all the pillows out. You know, that's what I was getting I, at. I thought that was that's what I was getting at. Yeah. I heard uh, David Wolf talking years ago about how that human beings are addicted to pillows and he had yeah. weaned himself off a pillow. And then Vitalis would talk about that too and um daniel actually taught me at a retreat that he did um out in new york um how you know because it's hard to describe it kind of sucks i don't know if we we could describe it but there is a position you can sleep without a pillow that's relatively comfortable it's sort of like on your stomach but your hips are to the side with a pillow between your knees and it just feels really good on your spine. It sort of stretches and elongates so your spine. No pillow with a p- pillow between your knees. Let me, let me show you. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Let me, no pillows at all. Let me show you. Good. We won't even, I don't even think face, Facebook live might see the floor. Let me show you and maybe you can describe it or you can be like, that's whack or do it this way or that way. Yeah, but yeah, sure. I actually can sleep deeply this way and it pretty much eliminated neck problems for me. Cool. Even though I have a really great pillow from Samina beds, that's very thin and has like a little neck lump so it doesn't do anything weird to your neck but let me show you my my no pillow sleeping position and see what you have to say yeah i'll check it out gotta take my headphones off stand by people stand by luke is proceeding to take his pants off right now (laughs) and uh he's he's now stroking my chest with a feather (laughs) (laughs) okay so it's it's one arm behind yeah so he's so he's he's side he's side laying you should scoot back towards me a little bit yeah Get on Facebook Live. Yeah, there we go. So, <laughs> so uh, really important. This looks like like a murder scene right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he's side lying, and his hips are facing out to the right. And then, wow, that's a very interesting procedure you got there. And then the pillow would go right here. And then you put the pillow there. So he's kind of like ninety degrees with his knees and laying on. Imagine you're laying on your belly, but then you pull your knees out to the side, essentially. So you're in kind of like a. I mean, that's. That's something. I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that's like, that's the bee's knees or anything. And then that's one fine. arm, it goes behind you. So you're sort of like, yeah, I don't fuck. It's hard you know, to, but then from that, from that, I'd look at that from like an asymmetrical perspective, you know? So it's like, okay, cool. It's like, that's, you have literally your whole body is in the shape of an S in one direction. What about the other direction? You know, and so well, then you turn over. <laughs> sure. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But, but it's like, it's like, as far as like, once you fall asleep, 
what the hell happens yeah well, you know, that, well, like, well here's what here's what sucks dude is when you fall asleep in the no pillow position like that and then wake up in the middle of the night but then sleep on your side with no pillow yeah right because you're half asleep and you're, sure. you don't you know realize or you're too drowsy to like get up and pick it up it kind of sucks but i found that one to be good because if i had my way i would sleep on my back i think that's the most stable for me but i start to breathe weird if i sleep on my back i yeah. start to kind of choke or i don't know if it's sleep apnea or some shit but i kind of yeah. you know it just like cuts off my breathing tube a bit you know, so. something you can do with that is wind instruments you know so didgeridoo is an example of like strengthening your upper glottis muscles and the muscles around your throat and such you know so by creating do you that, have to play hacky sack and smoke weed though <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> no seriously i so this is another this is some other you know, people listening probably are into like biohacks and all that stuff which i have a strong resistance against that word but um it, this would be like a hack i would say is playing a wind instrument before you go to bed because there's going to be more emphasis on blowing out when you're blowing out more that's going to be down regulating more of your sympathetic the fight flight response right right helps right. with vagal tone right so right. all these kind of like presently kind of popular popular things and wim hof stuff too there's a i mean i i think his technique has a few iterations but when i learned it there was three there was the dmt breathing which is fucking amazing sure. and then there's the um, parasympathetic to relax and then the yep. sympathetic to wake up and it yeah. and you're right it did involve varying degrees of exhales versus inhales and things like that yeah 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 so something that you can play with and you know i'm all about like uh, we've referenced a few things that that katie bowman is uh has kind of like popularized and these are things that, you know, like I hope a lot of people are thinking about in general, but like stacking variables, you know, so an example of that would be playing the didgeridoo, right? Before you go to bed or whatever wind instrument, didgeridoo is like too far off the deep end, like get a flute or whatever you're into, right? But playing, I have a didgeridoo, so playing the didgeridoo and then from Do you that, have a hacky sack? <laughs> no, dude, not since <laughs> high school. We smoked blunts and played hacky sack. Of and that course, was like a big, dude. I played ultimate frisbee or no, 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 no. Frisbee golf. That was like a big part of my teenage years. Very fitting. Very fitting, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so blunts because of East Coast, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nobody does that over here. Yeah, we know what blunts are. I never liked <laughs> blunts because it's like when I first met my, when I landed in LA like a pilgrim and met my first Europeans, um, these guys are from Finland and they used to roll what they call spliffs, you know, and they would mix tobacco with the weed. I was yeah, like, you weird. fucking idiots. Like, why would you ruin the taste of like chronic really good weed and the same with blunts i'm like i don't i'll smoke a cigarette then i'll smoke a joint i don't want to mix the two that's just my thing but i'm old school and then i see people getting addicted to spliffs and they're like it's like no no it's fine it's cannabis it's not even addictive it's totally good i'm just having a spliff yeah. like dude you smoke 19 spliffs a like you're addicted to cigarettes <laughs> totally yeah <laughs> you know? yeah you just mix weed into your cigarettes yeah, yes right. okay um, so anyway what i don't saying? know what we were talking about um I hockey we were talking about yeah, yeah, so, so so this is a take home so so wind people, instruments wind before instrument sleeping, before sleeping okay. right yeah so if you have any, any issues with like sleep apnea or snoring and stuff like that um from my understanding what i've read is is that practicing that with with the dig is a specific example of this because you're like kind of like cusping your lips you're like you know the thing yeah. right and what you're doing with that is you're actually starting to engage that musculature around you know your throat and such and your upper glottis muscles and all those things and it's that you kind of mentioned that like snoring like that flapping right so it's that kind of like flaccid flapping tissue you're kind of you know tonifying it a little bit and then the other big thing with that with the stacking the variables is as you're doing that or freaking anything that you're doing, you could be sitting in, you know, say like, you know, like a lotus position or like an easy position in yoga where you have, 
you know, your legs are crossed a little bit, which there's a lot of interesting information around that that we could potentially get into. But I feel like we probably, that's another wormhole. And then at the same time as that, you're also practicing down-regulating your sympathetic nervous system, bringing more vagal tone from that contraction of the diaphragm at the same time as you're blowing out for a long time. So you're doing these little, you know, if you're playing the dish, for example, you're like blow out, 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 and then you, and then out, out. It's like all out with these little breaths in. So it's just all bring you down. Very meditative. That's cool. It is a meditative sound too. That's Dude, funny that you mentioned it. that actually, because when I did my first Wim Hof training, the music that was played during the whole thing was didgeridoo music. There you go. Bingo. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And didgeridoo is interesting. Cosmic man. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because it's, it's really, it's one of those things where, you know, I had a woman, since we're already out there, there's one called Anadea, Judith Wheels of Life is a book that she wrote. Pretty classic in the world of like subtle body things and chakras and all that stuff. And um, went out to her place, did an interview, you know, hung out. One of the things we talked about was um, the chakras and the way that they resonate with different sound you know there's like you can get like you know go on amazon and get like the 432 you know hertz or whatever that's like supposed to be i don't think it's 432 but something like that that's supposed to resonate with your heart chakra you know and you can get it for you know all the things yeah and all the mantras that that correspond right behind you in that sauna you see the little cd player up there Mm -hmm. i've had one cd in there for 15 years it's the only thing that plays in there. Yeah. And it's um, it goes through the seven chakras and there's different sort of mantras or sounds that vibrate each one. And it's fucking cool. It takes about 20 minutes. And so what? Thanks what, for reminding what, me because I've been listening to podcast in there and then my phone melts or i look at like yeah the phone melt conspiracy you put theory the websites <laughs> like i go into these weird spaces i'm like i'm supposed to be using the sauna for healing instead i'm like getting psycho in there so i do the pot right. i do the phone on the floor because it's yeah you, yeah. You, yeah 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 i don't know i'm sure you've no you're, you're I've, smart I figured you that, yeah. Figured that out. <laughs> yeah i've tried to talk in there or, or like facetime friends and stuff like on my ipad and it like it'll be like and just melts down yeah no it doesn't do it okay yeah. carry on yeah yeah but so so what she had mentioned is kind of like a myth busted the idea of like the you can buy this bowl it's going to resonate with this chakra because it depends on the constitution of the individual right so if you're a big burly you know lumberjack guy then all of a sudden your chakras will resonate at something that's probably significantly deeper than if you're like a little bird lady right you know so it's not like there's just one frequency that's like oh so basically you just said the cd i've been listening to for 15 years is bullshit yeah so so not so so not like completely bullshit but it's just not doing what you think it's doing right unless you fit that cd parameters perfectly you know but it's but what i greatly prefer is people just getting weird you know you go play with singing singing is so freaking healing so meditative so all these things right play with you know banging on a drum play with you know beatboxing play with dancing play with screaming like just whatever you know just get intrigued with yourself and explore and in that exploration you might start bumping on different sounds or whatever it is that you feel like oh you know what that really makes like my belly feel kind of electrified oh you're probably onto something oh that really my throat it feels like my throat's just vibrating when i do that cool you're probably finding it that's awesome yeah. that's awesome okay cool so we got the um <laughs> sleeping positions we didn't solve we got sitting <laughs> how about walking yeah sleeping positions one thing i would say with is is get comfortable lying on your back 
Okay. Right? So without, okay. So yeah, without yeah. a pillow. I, okay. didn't, I didn't mention that. Okay. Um, you know, side positions, all that stuff. Use your hands. But it's like fall asleep, please fall asleep. That's the yeah. most important thing. Yeah. You know, beyond that, see if you can start to lengthen your spine out a little bit. If you are side length, see if you can be kind of long, you know, as opposed to just going into like full fetal position, which I'm guilty of. You know, but um, it's so cozy. God, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's what I'm like. I'm like, dude, if I am having issues falling asleep, the last thing I want to do is like, oh, tonight's I'm going to challenge my sleep. I'm like, no, fucking sleep. Go yeah. to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but one thing that I would say is um, start to cultivate your spine and your body so that you're able to lay flat on the floor, no p- neck, cervical support, and be totally comfortable. If you can't do that, you need to figure that out. Wow, that's cool because I do that every day. Right. Glad to hear that. Yeah. No, I win. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, so that's, you know, that's like a yoga, you know, savasana or whatever. Yeah. You know, that's like the, is that what it's called? Uh, the, the, last yeah. one, the last one? Yeah, savasana, corpse pose. My corpse personal pose, favorite right. yeah. posture yeah. in yoga. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I did that today for about 10 minutes to a gong. It was amazing. It's yeah. on my Instagram yeah, if yeah. anyone wants to look at it. Yeah, totally. Okay, um, what about walking? Mm, yeah, uh, well, all these principles make your walking start to happen. Right. So walking is one of those things that if you just all of a sudden like start walking correctly because, you you know, whatever, it's going to be a long road. Right. You know, and so with with walking, what you're going to start to feel is if you start doing things like cultivating that hip hinge, working with getting those knees externally rotated, working with cultivating that that support through your foot, your arch support, you know, something like a front squat you know, where the bar goes up in front, you know, it's forcing yourself to kind of keep that spine a little bit more upright. And then you're coming down into that squat position. That's pretty helpful for cultivating your walk, right? And then from there, I would say, take that into a lunge, right? And so now you're gonna kind of like a split lunge thing, walking, stepping forward, still in that front squat position. And now you're coming down to a lunge. Now challenge even more and bring that bar up over your head. Now you're starting to challenge the whole entire system, the shoulder girdle, you know, the, the wrist, the elbow, all the way down through the spine, through the feet. Now take a walk, tell me how it feels, right? And then, you know, body work is something that's gonna be helpful. There's There's like, it's peeling the onion layers back. You know, there's a lot, people have a lot of freaking layers, man. You know, and so to just all of a sudden like, I'm going to walk differently. It's like, no, it's not going to happen. So you it's, need a to work. Pe- it's a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. In other yeah, words, yeah. yeah. But bring your awareness into your walking. You know, something you can do is just the analogy of the race car tires. You know, start think, bring intention, bring my feet in a little bit more facing straight ahead, right? Bring intention into my big toe. So, right, so one of the cues I give people is, as you're taking that step, that push-off step, the big toe is going to be the last thing to come in contact with the ground, right? And if you can really feel that big toe really digging into the ground, it's actually called the windless effect. There's like, you know, there's terms for it. It ends up winding all that connective tissue around the plantar fascia, around the gastrocnemius, and like all the posterior chain, you know, words, you know, and so it starts winding that tissue up so to prepare you for a little bit of a, a spring, Right. But most of us, we never actually wind that system up correctly. And our body's just muscling through the world. Yeah. We're just plop, plop. Just plop, plop, plop. It's like when I watch uh, runners run by in the big puffy sneakers. I'm like, oh my God, if you didn't have those puffy sneakers on, your knees would explode if you ran like that. You know, I think it's the same for walking. And it's, I talked to Katie Bowman about this when I interviewed her. And it's like, 
I've been trying to wean myself off of puffy shoes and get into like, you know, a minimal footwear thing. And sometimes I took it too fast and like hurt my knees and shit because I wasn't ready to like wean off. It's like trying to get off heroin. You kind of need your methadone, which is like, you know, not totally flat shoes, but more minimal than a puffy Nike running shoe or something. So um, I think, you know, it's just in building that awareness, right, of actually like paying attention to how you're running or how you're walking. So what about... I want a little bit more about the foot and what we can do in transitional footwear. If no one even knows what I'm talking about with minimal footwear, what's up with the footwear piece and as it relates to running or walking? Yeah, so the big thing is that you're starting off before I would say even like taking the, you know, going into the minimalist footwear is everything that we talked about so far, that's preparing you. Right? So if you start integrating, that's why this is so convenient. That's why I love talking when you started talking to me about like science around nutrition, all that stuff. To me, all that stuff changes so much, you know? So I'm like, I can talk about it. Like I read the magazines and the blogs or whatever, but I just, it just feels a little bit rote. You know, it feels a little bit like, uh, it's just what I read on the blog. Yeah. With, Drink bone broth. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, whatever. Heal the gut. Yeah. yeah right. Like, totally. The microbiome, you 500 million, you know, it's, yeah. it's all the things it's like the health memes. It's yeah. just shit that I read yeah. and then I regurgitate, you know, and then people applaud you for it, you know, but it's like, it's like, I don't know. You just uh, described my entire career. Right. <laughs> but, but what I can say without a doubt is movement doesn't change. <laughs> you know, like I can talk movement in an embodied way. Cause I'm like, no bitch like this, this is real. This isn't going to change in, in a thousand years, 500 years, you know, a thousand years ago, 500 years ago, this has not changed. This conversation is the same conversation, right? You know? And so it's starting to cultivate the architecture of that foot, you know, again, from like your naked position, you know? So without the orthotics and the support and all the stuff playing with, can I have arch support just standing on flat ground? You know, and one of the things, oddly enough, that's going to maybe help with that is getting adapting to a wide variety of surfaces, you know, so walking on roots, you know, walking on soft rocks, something like round rocks, you know, grass, sand, you know, climbing ladders barefoot. It's if you don't have the feet for it, it'll hurt, right? Because you don't know how to distribute that pressure. You don't have the correct calluses. It is a life journey, you know, sorting this body out to be fit, to have fun. Right. If your idea of fun is like, you know, Facebook and YouTube videos and whatever, like hanging out in your house or, you know, whatever it is, maybe playing music or doing things that it's like this, all that stuff's fun. It's cool. It's good. It's really important. Um, or business, you know, like your fitness level, you don't need much of it. Right. But if you want to throw Frisbee and you want to travel and you want to walk across the Chinese, you know, the, the whatever, the wall of China and do all these things. Then all of a sudden it's like, no, let's, let's really build this thing up. And I want a Land Rover, you know, and I also want it to be adaptable enough to be a Ferrari sometimes, you know, but it's the process of, of, you know, building the system. Good tweetable right there. Mm. I, I got to start doing those tweetables in my show notes. <laughs> yeah, like, right. I love, like when I'm interviewing someone, there's always like a quote. I'm like, ah, I wish I could remember that one and just grab that one out. Mm. But I guess that's the job of the person that does the show notes. Yeah. You're right. The little okay. Time. So as we're coming to a close here, God, there's so much. There's I, we could keep going for four hours, and I, <laughs> I could do that, but we have to record your show. <laughs> we can do it again. So the one thing that we didn't get that much into was like you know hmm, the risks of working out in a gym and the risk of yoga. But you live close by. You're in Santa Monica. We're going to do this again. So I'm going to tease that until cool. we do it again because we need time to record uh, your episode today too. Yeah. So as we come to a close here. 
you've taught me tons of stuff today. You've taught the listeners tons of stuff. You've been a great teacher at your ripe age of 29 years old, a wealth of knowledge. Mm. Who are three teachers or teachings that you can recommend to our audience that want to learn more? Man, oh man, oh man. Um, it's funny, I get asked that question. And then when I, well, I do, thought that was my original when I, question. When I do <laughs> get asked that question, well, you like, who's your biggest influence oh, okay, or you know, okay, whatever right, it is. Right, yeah. And I always feel like I have an answer, but then when I get asked again, I'm like, oh shit, what is my answer for that? Um, Joe Campbell is a really good reference. You know, I, I, I would say uh, Reflections in the Art of Living is of like, to me has been, I read that as I was like traveling through Morocco last winter. And I was like, there were some moments where I was like, this was in Spain, actually. I was like really lonely, you know, and I was in these, I was like traveling by myself, backpacking around, like surfing and stuff and like living the dream on Instagram, you know, but at the same time dealing with moments of like deep, dark loneliness, you know, I was just like, what am I doing? Why am I out here? Like, where is home? Where are the people, you know, whatever. And then the next day it's like, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's kind of that, you know, but uh, Reflections in the Art of Living was a really nice resource. You know, I think that if you want to get into some of the concepts we were talking about around like uh, like the irradiation and Sherrington's law, Sherrington's law and stuff like that, uh, Pavel Tsatsouin is a, is a fair place to reference to, whereas he, he's broken down a lot of those those principles. Is he the it. kettlebell guy? Kettlebell guy, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure Tati yeah. can find it for the show notes. Yeah, yeah, Could you say the last name a little bit slower? Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> it's like T-S-A. You just got to look it up. Okay. Satsulin. Okay. It's like a Russian. Satsulin, but it starts with the T. Like so just look up Pavel Kettlebells yeah, yeah. and you'll find the guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's a good resource. Yeah. Um, another guy that's been super inspirational to me in really just simplifying this language and making it be digestible and approachable for a lot of people is uh, Kelly Starrett. He's uh, somebody that's been kind of like um, somewhat of like a mentor from afar in a way, you know, and um, that's something that I would I would recommend checking his, his work. He has like Born to Run and he has, um, I don't know, I don't remember, he has three books. So I check them out. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, definitely. I want to get him on the show one of these days too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and up. then finally, what have you got going on? I understand you have an online program going. Mm -hmm. You got a big website. There's tons of stuff on there. You're on yeah. social media. Give us all your links and anything you want to promote so people can find more of what yeah. you do. Yeah. So the hub is aligntherapy.com. Right, so A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. It's amazing how people don't know how to spell the word align. <laughs> like A-L-I-G-N. And then um, Align Podcast, that's all the social media stuff. And then, um, yeah, I have an upcoming online coaching program that in about 45 days we're going to release it. So if people are interested in breaking down how to work the body, A to Z, what's what does functional movement mean from your ankles to your knees to your pelvis and your spine? What does that mean, right? And then how do we start implementing self-care practices into our daily lives using things that we have around our house already and then how do we integrate the parts back together right so that's the big thing is it's that if you're just doing self-care and not movement it's, it's it's not okay if you're doing just movement stuff and not self-care that's also not okay right we need to create space in the body and then we need to occupy that space so if you try to occupy something and it's already stiff and rigid and whatever, it's a rough road, you know, but if we can kind of start to start to balance those two worlds, we really start becoming effective. And that's, that's what awesome, we man. Thank you. We'll put all the links in the show notes and everyone knows by now, if you heard the show before, you can get all of the show notes emailed to you every week by going to lukestory.com fill out your name and email on the homepage where it says join the tribe and I'll send you all of Aaron's stuff so you can track him down. And um, thanks for coming on the show, dude. Super fun. This is one of the most fun interviews I've ever had. Cool. And sometimes being in my little room here, I don't know, it's cozy and it's like, 
I just have a good time when I do them at home versus going to someone's office. So thanks for coming by. Thanks for having a smoothie. I know we're going to record an episode of me as your guest, which will be fun if we have any more words to spare. I think what I'd like to do is have a bulletproof coffee, go out and ground on the lawn out front, get a little sun in our eyes. (laughs) We've been closed in this room with no windows to keep the sound of the trucks out and stuff. But thanks so much for joining. And um, you guys on uh, Facebook Live, thanks for watching. And until next time. Is it okay if I add? Yeah, add it on. What do you want to add? With the conversation on the Align podcast, that's like my main, that's probably like as far as like children that I have, like who's your favorite child? Yeah. The Align podcast is my favorite child. Awesome. You're not supposed to say that out loud. Um, but from that, that's where we're going to link up to at, after this. And we'll get into all of the nitty gritties around how clothing and style and movement affects our physiology. So. Rad, dude. I can't wait to be a guest and I can't oh, wait good. to hear the rest of your shows. Cool. All right, man. Mission mother effing accomplished. We finished another episode. So thanks for joining me for part two of this epic interview with Aaron Alexander. Lots of good stuff covered, lots of fun. I got to say, this was one of the most fun episodes I've ever done. I don't know what was going on there, but we just had some good chemistry going, hitting the ball back and forth, having a great conversation. I trust that you enjoyed it. If for some strange reason you just tuned into part two here and didn't catch part one, I highly recommend that you go back in the feed and check that out. If you'd like to avoid missing any of these interviews or episodes in the future, I would invite you now to click subscribe on your app or on iTunes, whatever you're listening to this on, so that every week you automatically get downloaded every new episode. But more than anything, I want to encourage you to move that booty, move that body, follow Aaron's advice. Let's all keep healthy, flexible, mobile, all that good stuff. And um, I guess we'll just see you next week. And I also want to remind you to follow me on Instagram. That's at Luke Story. And also my Facebook page, which is at Mr. Luke Story, M-R-L-U-K-E-S-T-O-R-E-Y on Facebook. Why? Because I'm developing a fantastic new habit of posting live video feeds Instagram Live and Facebook Live of my podcast recordings. So I've done quite a few of those recently and people seem to really dig it. What I do is I set up the camera and I just show the whole process of like setting up the gear and the guest walks in, maybe they're late. I have a chat with them, explain what we're doing. It's a really cool behind the scenes view of what it's actually like for me to produce a show. So follow me on Instagram. I also do tons of stories there. All the biohacking stuff I do, going to yoga class, getting spring water, going to hot springs, doing all the crazy shit that I do. You can follow along in real time for education and inspiration. So Instagram and Facebook, join me live. If you're on my newsletter, I'm also going to warn you anytime that I'm going to post something live. So you can always tune in and check that. If you happen to miss the live video feeds, you can always catch them at that Facebook page because I post them and just leave them there. So there you go. There's the social media plug. See you soon. Mm-hmm.